1: Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to your favorite podcast, the Gordai Podcast. I am your host, Justin Mahaley, alongside my co-host, Scott Simmons. And today, today, we're going to talk about the role model mindset. In our last episode, we talked about creating a movement. But what has to spearhead that movement? You have to spearhead that movement. You have to be a role model. And if you're listening to this intro right now and you're like, "Ah, I don't think anyone's looking up to me. Someone's looking up to you. And we're going to talk about it inside. Then we have a sweet Q and a at the end. We chose five of your guys' questions from Instagram to answer. So episode 31 brought to you by revive supplements. Use code Mahaley 20 at checkout. I'll see you inside. All right. Last episode, we talked about uh, Joe Rogan signing that $100 million deal. You know, it's been dope since then. That was two days ago. Um, since then, every morning that I've woke up, the two mornings that I've woke up, thought about, man, you know what? One day close to our $100 million deal. That's <laughs> right,
0: baby. Man, I can't wait till it happens. Dude, I heard a podcast. So I told you this stat this morning. You did. Yeah, that I heard. Um, so there's a bunch of people, people who kind of understand podcast ads, mm-hmm. kind of understand what viewership means, YouTube ad revenue, and all that kind of stuff. They believe that they, uh, their turn, what they've used is that. Spotify stole Joe Rogan's privilege, That's or like the, his, you know, his his brand, yeah. because it was undervalued, right? It was undervalued That's because so back in two thousand four, Howard Stern signed a deal with Sirius XM, which is still yeah. doing okay, but not even close to what close. iTunes and Spotify yeah. are doing for five hundred million dollars for five no, years.
1: Like, there's no, like Howard Stern. I haven't heard that name in so long. Yeah, I mean, is is he still around? Yeah, he's exclusive. Actually, I have no idea. He might've died. Did he die? I hope he didn't die. I hope he kind of feel bad right now. If he did die, let's look him up. There's more podcast drama going on. The, uh, Call Me Daddy saga has been very, very, very interesting. He's alive. Howard Stern's alive. Woo. We would have felt bad. Hank, how old is he? Does it say sixty six? Wow, he looks way older than that. He's not aging well. He's not doing well. <laughs> Fucking
0: us, white people, dude. Now we can That's, talk bad about him because he's not dead. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Right? We're not really. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Anyway, can still
0: defend himself. The, the, my point there is like that as we've learned, and the more we lo- like look into this, that this audio. Is the voice, yeah, is going to become a huge business. And yeah. if, if Sirius XM did that half a billion dollar that's deal, that's nuts. That's bonkers in 2004. That's bonkers. And they just signed Joe, Spotify signs exclusive rights yeah. for Joe Rogan at a hundred million dollars. I wonder if that's just for a year. Oh my God! I don't know. That's interesting. Oh, well, I'm sure we'll find out. Yeah, more. I
1: mean, what would what, what the that's, that's what I was wondering is what would the duration be on that? Because like, if it's spread across five years, I'm not sure. He, like, he's not really making much more money than he would be right now.
0: Yeah, I don't know what. I mean, let me. I can try to find out what his yeah I revenue and everything.
1: I I haven't seen the duration of that, but uh, the Call Me Daddy uh, saga has been pretty interesting. I actually um, I got curious enough to that. Megan and I did some research on it, Mm -hmm. and you know we listened to Dave's whole spiel and we uh, read some sides uh, that uh, people like speaking on behalf of the girls and stuff. Man, I can't lie. I'm like I'm pretty I'm very adamantly on 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 uh, Dave's side. Yeah, (laughs) like from what I when when
0: you guys told me, I briefly like just kind of looked it up and stuff. Yeah, and I saw his video on the Call Me Daddy Instagram page, kind of calling him out. Yeah. And it just sounds like they got greedy. That's I feel what it like they like. did.
1: I also feel like they just don't really understand business very well.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like um, they just wanted money.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was like business is so much more than money. Running, because running who, who suit so one money. of the girls'
0: boyfriends or yeah. husbands? And he was trying to like pimp them out.
1: Yeah, it was, yeah. It, he, he did. He like successfully did. Really? Um, and, you know, it's it, here's the deal. The bottom line. When you are in business, you sign a contract you either fulfill that contract or you mutually decide to break the contract. Mm-hmm. There is no in between. There's nothing else beyond that. Unless the contract is breached. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're not talking about, well, this is this, that. No, there's a contract in place. And until that contract is either has run its course or is breached by one of the sides, then it, it's valid it is in play and you know the girls breached it pretty badly uh multiple times and it seems like the barstool sports people had been on it and it seems again it's just from the research i've done um it seems like they were given many opportunities to kind of fess up about what was going
0: on dave doesn't seem like the kind of guy who Doesn't give you a second chance or doesn't try to hear you out. Yeah.
1: Like I, I, I really, I really do feel, um, and I'm not sure this is a very good comparison to make Dave, Dave and I are very similar people in Mm -hmm. terms of how we conduct our business. I'm not sure how similar we are outside that, Mm -hmm. but we want to hear it out. Like what's going on? Let's figure something out. Let's work something out. There's
0: never been like it's like strike one, shame on you, strike it, two, shame on me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's never, you know, been an employee or a client that I haven't tried, you know, figuring it out with. Um, and you know, I always want to make sure that nothing's left on the table and that all options were exhausted. And he kind of feels it seems like from the stories that I've I've read, because here's the thing nothing that is like um supporting either Nothing from the camps of the girls is refuting anything Dave said. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're all just like beating around the bush. I'm like, yeah. damn, this must have been pretty fucking straightforward then. Yeah. Um, you know what? Like people move on, people outgrow. Um, well, like also you said, people do get greedy. Mm-hmm. And man, he disclosed how much money they were making, and Dude, you know, in the beginning it wasn't a lot, now it was. A, I mean that's a lot of money. Well, now they but feel like they deserve it. They yeah. Now they feel like like they deserve all of these things and stuff. And maybe they do. That's yeah. the side that you know we don't know. Sure. Um, but now, like now, one of them just wants to kind of like do their own thing and like run their own why? course. And it's like, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're completely losing sight of yeah. what made you and created
0: you. And like, I think that's a very toxic place to that's be. That's why I call it greedy, is because yeah. that. One person yeah. decided, it's like if you and me, yeah, right? If you were like, you know what? Justin's not enough for this. Mm-hmm. I can do this on my own. Mm-hmm. And then decided to like go try to do it. Yeah behind your back at the same time, one hundred percent. not even 100%. saying like, I want to break off and do my own podcast. Yeah. Just doing it. Yeah. Just doing it
1: like, like all, all of a sudden one day
0: just happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's,
1: I think that's very tacky. You know, unfortunately I've been a byproduct of that, um, in business with people, uh, who I had on my staff and, you know, they, they thought they, they thought that they could do it without, mm-hmm. you know, team Haley. And, you know, it's been interesting to watch, um, because, you know, those people aren't even a fitness anymore. Like well, they didn't they're even, not even coaching anymore. Did they even want to have the conversation or did they just go try to do it? No, no. Yeah. Of course see, was, there was no conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Shit was like going on behind my back and stuff. And you know, it all comes out in the light. Um, but that, if you are in business with somebody, you better make sure those intentions are really fucking good, especially if that person made you. Yeah. If that person fucking created you, like brought them on the scene, like you better fucking make sure that the intentions are always good. And so, you know, from Dave's perspective, it seemed like, man, I don't know. It kind of seemed like he was giving him a fair chance. Mm -hmm. And from the girl's perspective, it seems a little bit greedy. Yeah, Um, it really does. Now, you know, we're going to see more things unfold. but man, they were making a lot of money on that podcast. (laughs) They were getting a whole lot. Yeah, was was all the
0: drama and all this worth losing it. Worth it. Because now they're going to try to, uh, from what I understand, someone's, he, Dave is expecting someone to try to sue.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Barcelona Sports has not, but now like they can just come back and like su- they, they can sue for a very
0: plausible. I was say at the beginning of the video, he said they were starting, to, they were talking about how they own Call Me Dad. He goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. I own yeah. Call Me Dad. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> like, again, but it, it,
1: it, I feel like it really just comes down to business acumen. I don't think they understand. I don't think they understand what this is. Yeah. Like, this isn't just a contract that you sign this paper. Like, this yeah. is a, Like, this is a big deal. Like, this locks you the fuck in. It's a legally binding document. Yeah, it's a legally binding document. So, you know, I I think that's interesting. It's always interesting to me to see what greed does to people Mm -hmm. um, and what a little bit of fame does to people. Uh, You know, unfortunately, I've seen it firsthand. I've seen people get a little bit of fame, get those pockets lined a little bit. And all of a sudden it's like, dude, whoever the fuck you were, I loved. And whoever the fuck you are now is... Awful to be around. Yeah. Like God fucking awful to be around. Um, you know, it happens. And, uh, you know, oftentimes with, um, and a lot of my experiences has been like with a social media following, like girls get these Instagram followings that are just, you know, ginormous and they just completely lose touch of reality. Then they become you know, they a they business were. coach. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just all of a sudden they're fucking <laughs> business coach when I built your whole fucking business for you. But anyways, I digress. (laughs) Yeah, Let's see. I came up with the name. I came up with the colors. I came up with the offering. I came up with the hashtag. The next one I was going to say would give it away. (laughs) (laughs) I came up with the whole bitch. If you know, you know. (laughs) And now you're coaching business. Man. Oh, boy. But this leads perfectly to what I want to talk about today, which is a role model mindset. I want to talk about you being the example and leading the example, because what you guys don't understand, you can be listening to this and you have 50 followers on Instagram. It's not about that number. It's about someone is watching you yeah. and someone is being impacted by you. Whether or not you understand that directly or indirectly, you are impacting someone and people have their eyes and they're following your lead. You might not even be in a leadership position and this might come as an absolute shock to you, but this is something that you just need to step into and embrace. People are constantly looking up to to uh, to people, to other people to set the example, to set the tone. I'm going to follow them where they go. I'm going to go. So I want to talk about the role model mindset. And I think right now this is really, really, really important because what is the role model mindset? Well, it's simply that everything that I do throughout the day, I understand that all of you guys are going to see it. All of you guys are going to have a thought about it. My staff, my coaches, and my clients are going to see it, and they're all going to have a thought about it. People who just follow me casually on social media are going to see it, and they're going to have a thought about it. So, everything that I do, I understand, is going to be scrutinized to a certain extent, and it's going to be um, I guess you could say public knowledge. It's kind yeah. of hard to do stuff without um, it being known. I mean, mm-hmm. even just yesterday, you know, I went and uh, I, I met up with a little uh, business consulting situation in San Marcos. I went to the gym and holy fuck, there were four people at the gym who knew who I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, that's, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And they all, you know, messaged me on IG after and all that stuff. Well, what if I was at that gym and I was just, what, what if I was at the gym and in a pissed off mood and Mm -hmm. angry and upset and and all these things. And this is these people's first time they've ever seen me. And this Mm -hmm. is their first impression of me is that, So we have to understand that there's a duty. I understand there's a duty I owe to all of you guys to act a certain way and be a certain way. The good thing with me is it fucking lies with who I am as a human. (laughs) Again, like we kind of just talked about, you know, money and fame changing people. I've seen people that like in front of folks are one way. And oh, you know, God. behind folks are completely different. That's the worst. Like, man, when you post on Instagram, you're a feminist, but when you're not in front of people, you fucking hate on women harder than I've ever fucking heard someone hate on women in their life. Yeah. And it's like you just sit there and it's like, what the f-? like, is this real life? Yeah. Like, you sit there questioning, like, dude, am I like, did I? I, I could just never. High? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I could happened? just never assume like, I could never do that cuz you think someone's gonna find out? I know. Someone or your close net like if you if I was like that and you would yeah. see it. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah, 100%. Like any close 100%. net group of friends. If you're unless you're gonna be alone your whole life. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's why there's been certain people like phased out of my life, because I abide I understood. Let me tell you how I understood and came into power with the role model mindset and that I need to embrace this every single day. So there was a Twitter fiasco that happened um, Well, and, uh, an entire fucking social media fiasco that happened. Yeah. Um, With uh, a previous relationship of mine ending, and all this stuff was just being thrown, just fire was being thrown, and mistruths were being thrown, and just tossing. Dude, my name was being slandered like, probably honestly, harder than I've ever seen another fitness influencer's name be slandered. That's not Bernie Dawn.
0: Mm.
1: Like, you would have thought that I killed somebody. Sure. When the reality behind it was, dude, I just, you know, two people outgrow each other and I decided to bounce, Yeah, Uh, you know, from that whole situation. Mm -hmm. What did I do in response to that? Many of you know, many of you remember, I never said a word to this day. I've never spoke on what happened. Mm -hmm. I've never given my side. I've never once stood up for myself. I allowed people to fight that fight if they wanted to. I didn't never uh, direct people to it. I tried pulling people away. I stayed fucking quiet, stayed on my fucking course. And you know what I've realized in the beginning, it backfired terribly and it was so hard. You know how fucking hard it is. for yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm seeing this shit, like saying I'm a cheater and stuff. I'm like, hang on, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Where the fuck was I? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe next time I should be there. Yeah. And I'm just holding back my tongue. I'm holding back all these things and all these people have these, these people I've, I've never heard of have all these notions preconceived about me. And, you know, it's been wild to watch. You remember this happening around December this year. The entire narrative started changing. Yeah. Remember? I remember I, the DMs. I, yeah. I started getting, I mean, multiple DMs daily. Yeah. And now I still get multiple DMs a week. I like, fuck, dude, like I need to come here because I feel like I owe you this. I was very anti you. Mm-hmm. And over time, since that, since the storm has calmed, mm-hmm. I've realized that, oh, wait, he's he was quiet for a reason. Yeah. He was quiet because
0: he he didn't want to be involved with well, it. Well most people commended you for avoiding it. Yeah. Or not not necessarily avoiding it, but yeah. like Paying attention to what was really important was moving forward. Yeah. And it was just moving on. Yeah. I didn't want to be stuck there anymore. Yeah.
1: I wanted to progress as a human. I wanted my business to keep growing and I didn't want anyone to have hard feelings and I didn't want that, you know, that entire relationship to just be all for not as anybody should. Like you can't, you should. can't attach yourself to a past well, circumstance. If, if, if you're over something, you're going to act like it. If you're not uh, over so. something, you're going <laughs> to act out like lash out and yeah. make things up and yeah. draw attention to it. And there's are still DMS constantly. Um, every time one comes in, I like show Megan. It's like a small win. It's mm-hmm. not a win in a battle against anything. Yeah. It's a win that man, like that You made that, the right that call. Yeah. I made the right call and just say input and, and people are like, I realize you were in the right. Yeah. Like, I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. I hope you accept my apology. You know, XYZ. And honestly, I know a lot of those people do listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have come around since hearing this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I just I like those truly mean a fucking ton to me. Um, just because it was like that was the worst moment. There's nothing that could happen in my life that was lower than than what happened there. Yeah. Um, and you know, because of I had to adopt the mindset. How do I want my employees? How do I want my coaches and how do I want my clients to be perceived right now? Mm -hmm. I want us to be be perceived as fucking resilient. Mm -hmm. I want us to be perceived as fucking professional. I don't want us to be perceived as lashing out with emotion of trying to burn these bridges and trying to be bad humans to certain people who aren't in our life anymore.
0: Well, that's exactly why you also remove people from the team who can't handle the pressure or the, uh, the gossip, if you will, 100%. in shows, right? 100%. Yeah. Or if someone has like a bad experience, does bad in the show. Yeah. And they throw a fit. Yeah. Well, you're not going to have that. They're gone. Yeah. They're gone.
1: We act as professionals here and we act as forward thinkers and we act as people who want to grow, get better and persevere. And that's how I want my team to be perceived. So in that moment, that's what I had to do. Mm-hmm. And since then, my actions or maybe lack thereof, have been heavily validated through the response that I've gotten and the role model mindset. I adopted it slightly later than I should have. There's other times where things uh, maybe on social media went south a little bit beforehand before that uh, um, experience that I should have been more forward thinking and forthright with putting the brand first. Yeah. Yeah. Because understand this, you listening to this, you might not have a brand. You might only just be one individual and one being, but you are very powerful and you are powerful beyond measure. And when you embrace and embody that power and choose to utilize that power for only good, you choose to not have anger. And this doesn't mean that you don't get angry. It means that you choose not to have anger. It means that you choose to to expend your battery on good things. It means that you choose forgiveness over grudges. Do you know how draining it is to hold grudges on people? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. You don't even like you don't even realize it because they're subconscious. But then that person's name gets brought up. I hate them.
0: I hate them. You have to make a comment. You have to make a comment. You can't bite your tongue. They're living in your head. They're they're rent free,
1: literally rent free in your fucking head, written that property. And that's property that only you fucking have. Mm -hmm. And you're just giving it to them. When you really adopt the mindset of, I need to be a leader. Guess what happens? Everything else in your life follows that we in the last episode, we talked about creating a movement in this episode. I'm telling you the mindset you need to be there. You have to have a role model mindset. You have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, you know what? People should follow me. People should follow my lead. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Not a lot of people can actually say that. Not many people can say it to themselves and then not have a butt or a cliffhanger after that. Yeah, everyone should follow my lead. But I'm not hitting my point one percent every day. So until yeah. then no one's gonna follow my lead. You yeah. can't have that. It's either they should Or they shouldn't. I know when Scott looks in the mirror, that's why we get fucking along so well. When Scott looks in the mirror, he can say that Mm -hmm. not a lot of people can say that, Mm -hmm. you know, you, David, Tony, Steven, we can all look in the mirror, but yeah, people should definitely follow my lead. All my coaches, like it's dope as fuck to have that. It's dope as fuck to be surrounded by that. But can you look in the mirror and say that you're someone that you would follow your own lead? Because if you wouldn't even follow your own, no one else is. If you're listening to this and you have kids. Do you want your kids to be like you? Mm, Great example. Yeah. Do you want your kids to be like you? What you're doing right now in life, is that acceptable for for your kids? Mm -hmm. Is that what you want for your kids' future? If not, change it. You are who they're looking up to. You are who they're modeling themselves after your habits become their way of life. If you're unhealthy, they're going to be unhealthy. Mm -hmm. If you allow toxic, they're going to allow toxic. So every decision that you make right now, and I know you can be listening. It's like, Justin, you don't have kids. Like, you don't understand. You're right. I don't fucking have kids. Mm -hmm. You know what? If I did, I'd be crushing it. I do know that. (laughs) And if I did have kids, I know that I'd be leading by an example. I mean, fuck, I can't lie. And I know, I know it's not the same at all, but fuck, like every time I look at Peyton, I'm I'm like, man, <laughs> I just really hope he looks up to me. <laughs> I really hope I'm making him
0: proud. <laughs> I, would say, I would say, you know, um, employees are kind of yeah. like a family. Yeah. Aspect. yeah. It, it's not it, it like, a, it's not like a blood kid, but yeah. it's definitely like a family. No. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're right. And I guess when you, you know, when you do put it like that, that there, there's people who rely on me and there's people who kind of rely on um, like. I, like you guys, kind of all rely on me being on. Mm-hmm. I, I I have to be on. That's another reason I didn't allow, you know, these wild situations to drain me. Because I think if that, I get drained, you guys all get drained.
0: I think that's an uh, that's a huge aspect of being a business owner mm-hmm. or even a personality, if you will, that people don't think about very often is having to always be on. Like think about like a presidency mm-hmm. or the CEO of a large corp, five, Fortune five hundred corp, corporation. Yep. People have to speak give all of their um uh earnings reports and all that kind of yeah. shit like the stuff you but don't want to do show up. but they have to do they have it have to show up and if they don't who no one's going to follow them you know what i
1: equate it to i equate it to a power plant what is a power plant what do they do they take things that don't contain energy yeah they turn it into energy. Mm -hmm. They're creating the energy in real time. Mm -hmm. When you go into a power plant, there's no energy there. When it leaves the power plant it's refined energy Mm -hmm. and we can utilize that a leader has to be a power plant. You have to be able to fill your own cup. You have to be able to, to energize yourself, to fill your battery, to be able to push forward. And everyone can. I, I truly do believe that everyone does have this component. Again, I talked about in the previous podcast, you were born with every tool you need to be successful. Every single one of them you were born with, you just haven't developed them yet, or you just keep them like cast away in a fucking closet in your mind because you're terrified to go in that room and see how great you really could be. It's just like being a power plant. You have to show up tonight we have our staff call oh yeah around uh what time's that thanks for the reminder 8 p.m
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> eight, i'm at eight. by the time 8 p.m rolls around i have had a very long day dude. Shit, some of our very podcasts cool. end at 9 30 yeah i mean yeah some of our podcasts end very yeah. late like we and and You have to turn it on. You have to flip the switch. You have to create energy, pull energy out of somewhere and be able to show up for these people. You have to be able to lead by example. If I hop on the staff call, time, like, all right, guys, you know, you know, actually everything's good enough i'm just tired right now so i don't really feel like doing this just keep being good enough guess yeah. what happens now no one has a fire lit under well, their ass. a trickle down effect it's a trickle down effect well justin said we're doing good enough so i don't really need to push harder yeah uh no that's not how it's going to be i guarantee we're going to hop on this call i actually got some things to talk about tonight with some people we're gonna hop on this call and everyone's going to fucking leave this with a goddamn fire lit under their ass yeah. <laughs> because we need to operate with urgency so if you're not operating with a sense of emergency. And if you're not able to handle the anxiety of being a high achiever, we have to be able to figure that out. We have to be able to find it. It takes practice. And a lot of people just shy away from that practice. Let me ask you something. We've been in you know, this, well, the goat state of Texas is out of quarantine now. (laughs) If you don't live in Texas or Florida, honestly, I feel terrible for you. Are you proud of your quarantine actions? Are you proud of the way that you have handled and conducted yourself? Are you proud of the progress that you've made during the quarantine? What are the biggest items of progress that you have made during your quarantine? Let us know. You guys let us know what you do before 11 a.m. You told us three nice things like about yourself. Tell us about what you're proud of that you did this quarantine. Mm -hmm. What if you're not proud of how you responded to the quarantine? Are you someone that when all this popped off, you were frantically freaking the fuck out? Oh, my God. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do when everything was always
0: going to be okay? You know what? I would love to see. Ask the people. Yeah. If you have the courage, tell us what you're not proud of. Tell us what you're not proud of. Tell us what you want to fix. Call yourself out. Yeah. Call yourself out. I love that. Put, put yourself out in yeah. front of everybody. Yeah. Put I'm the a target on your big back.
1: Proponent of that. Yeah, Call your fucking, call yourself out on this shit because it's tough. It's tough to look inside. It's tough to look inside and understand, oh fuck, man, like I really should have handled this differently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a, that's a hard place to be. Yeah. And but it's, it's something we, that, that we can't just run from. It's something that we just can't act like isn't there because it's mm-hmm. obviously there and it's obviously apparent. Are you resilient? or Are you reluctant? If you're resilient, you're just bouncing back. There's no losses. There's no such thing as a loss. We just pivot. We move and we keep going. If you're too fucking scared to lose, if you're scared to fix the wrongdoings that you've had, if you're not someone who's able to fucking look someone in the eyes so you did wrong and say that you're sorry, you're reluctant. And guess what? Remember that whole thing? who hesitates? Losers. Losers hesitate. Reluctancy and, and 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 hesitancy are fucking cousins, dude. You're either resilient or you're reluctant. Are you rising to the occasion? Are you accepting your right and wrongdoings? Are you accepting your responsibility? And are you rising from those things? Or again, are you just hiding in the corner while the bulls pass by? Which one are you? You're one of them. You can't be in the middle. You're one of them. You either bounce back from fail from failure, or you just fear to move. Resiliency or reluctancy—it's your choice. You can make a change. I implore you to make strides in being resilient. And this is something that I can do better. You know, um, a lot of you know that. You know, my dad and I don't talk. Um, he hasn't been in my life since I was uh, 18 years old. I mean, he—he's. You know, he's kind of missed everything. He's missed my college. He's missed me growing up, my body building, everything. You know, what's been on my mind a lot recently is, you know, reaching back out to him. He's about to turn 60. And it's like, fuck, dude, you know, I have this grudge. I mean, you could call it a grudge. Mm -hmm. I have this grudge against this person that could he have been a better dad? Yeah. Right now, if you asked him if he was here and I said, do you wish you would have been a better dad? He'd say, yeah. But it's on me to make the first move to be able to allow this bridge to be this gap to be bridged for allow allowing there to be some sort of middle grounds to be met for allowing my grudges to be free. And for me to not have to worry about that anymore, because you know what? Anything can happen at any time, especially when you get older. Hey, like, fuck, yeah. if he dies tomorrow and I never got to say anything, that would kind of suck. And I yeah. think about that. Yeah. I haven't made a move on it yet. No, I'm getting closer in time. I'm getting closer to that and I'm getting closer to deleting my Twitter. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> so I'm I've, really proud I've been of checking those. it
0: lately. <laughs> yeah. I'm very
1: proud of both of those things. I'm moving in the right direction for both those, but you know what guys, like I want to share this. I, I like being vulnerable with you guys because I have these struggles too. And in all my podcasts, I talk to my former self, but sometimes like with this one, I'm talking to my current self. And these are two things I'm struggling with mightily right now. You know, with Twitter, it's hard because that's where my whole business was created. Yeah. I did these Twitter threads. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Some people listen to this podcast actually remember those Twitter. They, they, that's where they found me Mm -hmm. is I I did these really cool threads, just educating Mm -hmm. and it really, you know, kind of made me stand out and kind of put me on the map But also, you know,
0: my first tweet was in 2012. Sometimes you outgrow certain things. I've definitely outgrown Twitter to put in place the new things that are coming through.
1: You know what's interesting is we talked about before this. I don't really listen to music anymore. I just listen to podcasts all day. Yeah, and it's like I feel like podcasts are coming in to replace Twitter. You know, for yourself, yeah, Yeah, for myself. Like they're coming in. Because you know what's really frustrating about Twitter? Every time I get on Twitter, so anytime, like the last like three months I've been doing this, dude, and this is why I'm throwing in the towel. Mm -hmm. Anytime I see something that's just really fucking stupid, Mm -hmm. or I talked about on here, anytime I see something that makes me feel something emotionally, I go in, I mute the person, and I say show fewer tweets like this. It's very easy to do. It's it's three clicks and that happens. Yeah man, Twitter just like doesn't like Twitter has their agenda that they've been outed many times for pushing, you know, a certain agenda and they like keep showing up in your feed. It's like it's like attempting to brainwash you Mm -hmm, essentially mm -hmm. is these things that you don't follow. You've never interacted with, but they Mm -hmm. want you to see this message and so you know every time I get on Twitter something pisses me off I never respond but, like yeah. something pisses me off and now I'm reading the comments and I'm 40 comments deep and I'm seeing 40 of the most fucking idiotic imbeciles I've ever seen you're,
0: speak you're half hour in yeah
1: and I'm a half hour in and now <laughs> I need to fucking put my phone down calm the fuck down because like how are people so fucking stupid? because you
0: even you go I forgot to post on Instagram yeah. and that's literally <laughs> what happens you. and now a fucking yeah. day
1: went by that I didn't post on Instagram because I was so appalled by stupid yeah but it's like on twitter everyone has a voice yeah and like this is a good and a bad thing you know on instagram not everyone has a voice on twitter everyone has a voice and podcasts, not everyone has a voice like only intelligent people weather the storm (laughs) of podcasts or instagram and i'm tired of seeing fucking stupidity like Mm -hmm. it really is that simple Mm -hmm. and it's not even about just one thing it's not even like about like politics or religion or like anything like that it's just stupidity i just overall fucking stupid yeah and you know, for someone well, that people I, are getting much more comfortable. <laughs> People' are opinions so comfortable on twitter and that's like another thing is just yeah no you know i know we all like freedom of speech and stuff like that but i do think you need to be intelligent to speak on some people need to shut the fuck up yeah (laughs) like a lot of these folks would just do better if they shut the fuck up yeah um truthfully um but you know it also shows uh you know just i i think morality plays into this Mm -hmm. and you know everyone i follow on instagram has an element of success or they're a client of mine like there's something in their life that Strikes me, okay, okay, and I enjoy seeing that. So when I go through my Instagram feed, I'm energized. There's no one on my Instagram feed that posts that I'm like, oh my god, like why? Sure, never, sure, because ne- you just unfollow them and then you never see them again. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't like go to the explore page much or anything yeah. where you know stupidity
0: could pop up. And I think there's more context with the two. There's, given, they're given definitely. a photo or video, yeah.
1: But on Twitter, like, I, I it's I it's a cesspool of people who haven't ever achieved anything. I really like, like, you know, they get their rise out out of 100 retweets. Yeah. And like complaining about things or, you know, talking. And so, you know, I'm coming around to it. I'm getting really close. I'm nine years deep with my relationship with Twitter, though. I'm a whole brand that's been built from Twitter. Yeah. So me leaving is definitely a big deal. And a lot of people listen to this, like, I don't get what's so hard. This I do when you're that's some of my best friends, Hannah. Yeah. Hannah and I met on Twitter.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it's not like you guys aren't going to be friends if you do like.
1: Your no, 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 I know. It's like there's that sentimental value, though. Uh, it's that sentimental value of getting over it. Like some <laughs> of my best friends, it's <laughs> really not that easy, though. Like some of my best friends.
0: And I just I guess I'm a person who has less emotional attachment to things.
1: Yeah, I. I, I But do you understand where my emotional yes, attachment comes from? Yes. It's like, man, without. I Twitter, understand the logic Haley, of like, it. Team yeah. Haley never like grew into this.
0: Yeah. Like all my first online clients were on Twitter. But I but see, now <laughs> I, cool. but I see t, it is really cool. Yeah. I, I would never have assumed you were the business off of Twitter. Yeah. But now all I see is Instagram. Yep. The team Haley Instagram specifically. Yeah. All of the coaches yeah. obviously preaching the brand. Yeah. All the clients. Yeah. Preaching the brand. The culture you that has been built. Yeah. And now Twitter doesn't need to be around anymore. It,
1: it was funny. I just realized this ever since you've been in my life, which is about a year. Twitter's not been a prominent. Like I've had this this emotion, this relationship with Twitter It's very toxic. Interesting. Yeah. And so I'm sharing this with you guys because I tell you guys, dude, I train am a the positive toxic light. energy. Look train at that. Fucking, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but get rid of the toxic, replace it with yes. good things. Like I'm talking to myself too, and I'm working on it. So I'm gonna keep you guys posts on this, but one day y'all gonna see my Twitter account's gone. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> or I just log out. I don't know. Give like it time. Yeah, like leave it on. Yeah. revisit it in 10 years Um, but that's this is me trying to exude that vulnerability to be a leader you have to be able to be vulnerable i'm extremely vulnerable with my staff i'm pretty very vulnerable with my clients but i feel like i owe it to you guys that hey look i struggle too I have these issues too. And so we're all in this together. So let's hold each other accountable. Let's hold each other to be great. Let's hold each other to, you know, you guys help me and Scott out a ton. Dude, we love these Mm -hmm, things. mm -hmm. Oh my God. We tell you guys that all the time. Yeah. But embrace that for yourself, whatever it is you're fighting, I know that you're going to figure it out and you're going to do what's right for you, but you have to be able to stay in the mindset of moving in that direction. If you're here telling yourself constantly, or you spill oh my God, it's pissing me off so bad. When people speak about this. See, I'm not a person that has negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely don't like have negative words. Mm-hmm. um, If you're someone who 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 speaks negatively out loud, um, man, you're really setting yourself up for failure. Yeah if you're speaking it out loud, there's a whole other cascade of events going on internally. What's the same concept of saying like, I'm fat? Yeah, you, exactly. I, you're identifying as exactly. fat. And so now you just weather yourself to accept, all right, I'm going to be fat then. And, and it's you like you speak it out of yeah. self-hatred. Yeah, But you're you speaking it into existence. So every word you say you're speaking into existence. You're telling yourself that. You're telling yourself Always. that. So if you want to be an IFBB Pro competitor, hey, like, don't, don't
0: talk about it if, talk about when. You're talking to yeah. someone
1: at the gym. Well, you know, when, when I you know, when I get my pro card, um, you know, this is what's going to happen.
0: My mom always taught me to never say, yep, always say when,
1: always say when, like put a fucking timeline on it. Like at some point it's going to happen. So speak it into existence. The big issue that we talked about in the last podcast is you're just not believing in your own mission enough. You, you might believe it when you lay down, you know, uh, for, for, for bed every night, but you're not believing it in your day to day. You're not believing enough to be able to talk to people about it. And part of being a role model is fucking exactly that. It's the belief, Component. It's bringing energy. It's being proud of the way you respond to everything. And watch what happens when you nail these things. Watch what happens to everyone around you. People start gravitating towards you. You're like a fucking lamp in the middle of the darkness in a fucking fucking wide open field with a bunch of bugs coming towards you. Mm-hmm. That's kind of who you become as a person. Yeah. And that's a really powerful place to be because now you're believing in yourself because you're believing what you're telling people and the way you're living is you've embraced being a role model and now you are a role model. Now people are looking up to you. You want to be a difference and you set the difference. You set that precedent. If there's something you don't like, change it, step up and change it. You can start a movement on your own by doing that. Understand this. Healthy people always win. If you take a healthy person and an unhealthy person, you put them in battle. Guess who's going to (laughs) win? Healthy people are harder to kill. People who are mentally healthy are even fucking harder to kill because they won't give up. They'll keep going. So where's your relationship at with your mental health? And we need to assess that, especially right now. This is a tough time, dude. It's a tough time. You know, I've had struggles during this quarantine for sure. You know, I've had four people that that I knew and some of them I was friends with commit suicide during this quarantine. If the gym was open, they would still be here. If the gym was never shut down, they'd still be here. You know, at the beginning of this quarantine, I was really annoyed and people were like gyms are essential businesses. I was like, mm-hmm. no, they're literally fucking not
0: mm-hmm.
1: because you can go outside Man. and exercise. Yeah. Right. That was the thought. That was the thought. Yeah. Man, that changed. Yeah. I mean, four people and everyone, the four people's families, you know, lost their loved ones way too soon. Yeah. You know, I'm not making this, I'm not going to make this into a whole pandemic versus what's right versus what's wrong. But I'm just saying I had six clients who had the coronavirus and all six were perfectly fine. They yeah. all recovered. They're all perfectly fine. Yeah. And that's frustrating to me. Yeah. We, we can never say, say like truly. You if can that never was the say case, case, what was going to happen. Yeah. But well, with all four of these people, I can say pretty adamantly, if the gym was here, they'd still be here. Sure. And they're all under 30. State of Texas, we don't have a single death under 30 for a coronavirus. Is that true? We got, yeah. We got a whole bunch of small businesses that have closed. <laughs> we got a That's whole, true. whole bunch of people. I mean, Megan and I were talking about on the way home from the gym. Mm-hmm. How many people might look that up real quick. I don't want to misspeak. It's either Austin or Texas. I think it's Texas though. I know it's for sure. Austin. I'll check. But, um, looking at the suicide rates from the shit, are the people who lost their entire lives from the shit. To me, it's frustrating. But what can you do about it? You can be healthy. You can be mentally healthy. You can work on that every single day. You can be physically healthy. Physically healthy people are way fucking harder to kill. If you're harder to kill, you're going to be here longer to be able to impact. Healthy people feel better about themselves. Healthy people operate better. Healthy people are commonly smarter. Data's saying all this. It's not just me. So do your part. Are you doing your part to be healthy? Are you doing your part to be strong physically and mentally? It's OK to feel weak. It's a, you know, it's, it's, it's OK. You don't have to neglect that. You can allow that to come to the forefront. But are you doing your part in talking to somebody about it? You are a role model. How would you want people that you care about to be acting in this current situation? Are you living up to that standard that you have set? You have to understand discouragement and failure don't exist. Quitting exists or pivoting exists. Life isn't always just going to fall in your lap the exact same way it should be. I was talking to another bodybuilding coach, a friend of mine earlier today. Um, He's very frustrated that his business hasn't gained the momentum he feels it should have. He's extremely upset that, you know, he feels like maybe he deserves things more than some people. Who have them. But the difference between them and him is he quit. Something didn't work and he quit. What they did is they pivoted. Look what Team Haley did. You want to look at some role models? What Team Haley do in this quarantine? We created an offering that allowed everyone to continue to work out. With resistance bands and have real training. We bought a gym. We continued posting on social media to try to help people every single day. It makes me really proud to say that team Haley is who I look up to. It's the whole team. It's the whole brand and what this has become. Discouragement and failure don't exist. Quitting exists or pivoting exists. Always have a pivot because there's always a pivot. Oh, this didn't work out. Well, now I can go do this. It's not a plan B plan B is vastly different than a pivot. A pivot is you just have to have different routes you can go. And they're always there. They're always there. It doesn't matter what the situation is. There's always a pivot that you can have that will lead you the correct way in the next steps for your journey. Find that pivot. Find it. It's there. The issue is so many people try something one time. When you try something one time, the likelihood of it working is fucking slim to none. Holy shit. You try something one time, you give up, you drop it, you never fucking touch it again. Pivot. There's a reason why you started that. So don't fucking forget that reason. There's a reason you believed in yourself enough and you believed in the idea and the plan enough for you to attack that. Pivot. Figure out a different way, because obviously some part of you feels very strongly about it, and there's a part of you that needs it. Don't fail. Don't allow that. No one ever remembered the person who quit. Let me tell you something. You can't be a leader if you aren't proof of the vision. If you're not actively in real time practicing what you preach. I'm looking at all you trainers who look like you don't follow any sort of training plan. Don't practice or don't don't preach something that you can't practice. I'm looking at you, business coaches that say that you can earn people seven figures that you've never even touched half of seven figures before. I'm looking at you guys. So if you're going to have a vision, if you're going to be selling this almighty vision, and you're going to be a leader and a role model, well, you have to live it first and foremost. If you want to be a trainer, give people exceptional results but you're not even willing to go all in on your own fitness. (laughs) Guess what other people are going to do. You're going to be very frustrated with the results you get from your clients because they're not going to go all in either. I implore you to look for that in a coach. When you go to hire somebody, when you go to hire somebody, do they embody what you want to be? Have they achieved enough that you believe they can get you where you want to be? These are very, very, very important items. And I think a lot of people just overlook it because, well, I like what they post on social media. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) is is that right? (laughs) We've talked about that. We've talked about that a lot. Yeah. So you have to embody what it is you want to you. You want to see people be. You have to be the leader. That paints the vision for all of these people to follow. You might only have one or two people watching you now, but that's one or two people that you're directly impacting. Every single person listening to this right now, there is someone in your life who looks up to you. It is impossible to not have anyone that looks up to you. And there's more people than you believe. And you might be listening to this like, no, you know, no one looks up to me. Like, No one even notices me. Yeah, they do. They're there. They're looking up to you. They're Everything that, that you're doing, they want to be doing. They want to be along for this whole ride. So the role model mindset, this is going to make your life far better. If you live every single day and you make every single decision based off being someone's main role model, your kid's main role model, your best friend's main role model, the people that you care about and love the most, once you start living and embracing the life of being the biggest role model in their life that is acceptable to you, being their leader, you step up to the forefront. You know what? Yeah, I can say with honesty, and 100% self-belief that everyone should be like me. Man, once you get there, you're fucking, you're unfuckable. You're invincible. You're on top of the game at that point and your entire life's going to change. Your career opportunities are going to change. Your relationships are going to change your belief in yourself, your confidence, the way you carry yourself, how well you sleep at night, your fitness and results. Everything's going to change because you embrace being a role model. So think about that. Let this stick with you. And as you move forward, everything you do, you can honestly look yourself in the mirror and say, yep. I don't want my kids doing that or I'd want my best friends doing that or I want my employees doing that. This is how I want them to be. There's a lot of fucking power in that. But we have a
0: Q&A to get to. We have Q&A. We have I, did find her, I did find a stat. Yeah. There was one reported 17 year old girl. In Texas? In Texas. So one person under the age of thirty—that's all I can find. It keeps the, all the all the information here just keeps pointing to the seventeen-year-old girl.
1: Man, it might have been. It was statewide. It might have been Ohio. Maybe I mine. only look at Ohio and Texas. Okay, we'll figure it out. Yeah, well, okay. still only one person under the age of thirty in the entire fucking state. In the what? What are we? The third largest state in America? Uh, third, maybe. Fourth?
0: So I Do that it's don't. Cali, I New probably, York. I should probably know Texas, this. Florida. Well, Alaska. Don't forget that. <laughs> that counts.
1: Alaska counts from size. Yeah. Counts. Is Alaska the biggest
0: actually in size? I don't they know. They might be. Here,
1: you know what? I think Real- they're fucking huge, dude. I think Alaska is massive. It's the biggest territory in America.
0: Alaska. Alaska. Texas, California, Montana.
1: Montana. That oh, order. Wow. <laughs> Man, Montana and Alaska, you can move there and not have any fucking neighbors
0: for miles. <laughs> Dude, it, it, I don't. Is this probably in, this in square miles? Yeah. Alaska, 600,000. Texas, 200,000.
1: Alaska's three By times that much? bigger than
0: Texas. Holy shit.
1: Man, you can't even drive out of Texas. How the fuck do you get out of Alaska? I don't <laughs> you know, You look like have
0: to take a plane. You got to fly or Holy sail shit. to Russia. That's wild. All right. Q&A time. <laughs> Q&A
1: time. One of these questions I wasn't really prepared for is going to be a game time answer. It might've been the
0: first question I see. I'm ready. Uh oh. All right. Question one by fitness, fitness by Alicia. (laughs) What's a pivotal moment you encountered that changed your perspective on life? This,
1: yeah, this, this is the
0: question. This is the
1: one, but you know, what's (laughs) funny is I knew that as soon as you asked it, something would come to my mind. Okay. Um, Remember when I was in the hospital, this was before you started working with me. I was in the hospital with renal failure mm-hmm. and a host of other issues, yeah, um, I had food poisoning, my yeah my kidneys had failed, my liver values were through the roof. It was absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. um man, that was a that was awful. um I was in there, and you know everything was going very far south very quickly. And I'll never forget, I'll never, ever, 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 ever forget. Is you know, the doctor was kind of a dick. He was like a huge douche. I was really? also, I was honest with him. I was like, Yeah, you know, I'm three weeks out from a bodybuilding competition. Like, yeah, I'm using steroids. Yeah. you and know, all that stuff. Oh um, my god, he was such a dick. And I remember him saying shit, and I wish I remember what it was. But he was saying shit that was just like not factually correct at all. And I was just <laughs> really dying, trying not to correct yeah, it. at the same time. Yeah, I like, can't even. I would not want to be in that room. So he said, he told me, he said, you know, Justin, you you're very close to dialysis right here. Mm. And he's like, you're a 25 year old man. I don't think you want to be on dialysis, do you? And I was like, that sounds pretty fucking terrible, man. Yeah, that sounds awful. And you know, what's wild is, um this, this was another moment. People still bring it up. Whenever someone gets really angry with me on Instagram, they're like, why would you hire a coach? Almost died. Huh. Like this had nothing to do with bodybuilding. <laughs> this had nothing to do with anabolics, anything like that. The actual circumstance that went into it was like such a one off but I was in there and he was telling me that. And, um, you know, he said, there's a chance that you're never able to, you know, really train the way that you want to train anymore. There's a chance you're never able to do a bodybuilding show again. It's a pretty high chance, but mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I can to, you know, get you back to health and, um, you know, I'm, I'm gonna see what I can do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I remember he left the room and I was in there and I was just thinking, like I was trying to process. Yeah. Did, like he said, like, that there's a chance I never do bodybuilding again. Yep. And I'm like, what's that chance? What the fuck is that chance? Yeah. Like What? What's the? Percentage? How high? Yeah. Like how close are we to being there? Um. It's so a long story short. Obviously, I was able to you know do bodybuilding again and and stuff like that. I'm perfectly healthy now, um, which sounds really good. But when you're in there, when you're in that moment, it's like, damn, this is kind of my purpose. Like, this is my competitive outlet, and this is my entire life's purpose. Uh, that is about to be taken from me. It's about to be fucking stripped. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that really changed my perspective on really everything. I definitely, um, I'm much calmer since then, which says a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I'm much more uh, logical. Um, I'm much more thorough in everything that I do as well. Um, I cherish and I appreciate things a lot more than I used to. Um, So that was a pivotal moment for sure. And kind of making me me. So yeah, that's a great question. Okay
0: next one's from Iceman Brett. Yeah. When training to failure, how do you set your split to ensure proper recovery?
1: Yeah. So being able to train to failure is, uh, for very, very, very advanced people. You need to be able to assess your own biofeedback. You need to be able to assess when you need a rest day, when to pull back and when to attack. So, you know, if you're not ready to assess those things yourself, then you're probably not, um, advanced enough to really be training to failure with consistency. You might think you're training to failure, but it is probably you're probably not getting all the way there. Um, I'm I'm not saying that like this person, I I think this person is probably able to train pretty decently. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. So, but the first part of the answer is that we need to be able to self-assess auto-regulate your rest days. Um, Personally, I take, I take three rest days, uh, every eight or nine days. Okay. Um, so three rest days every eight or nine days, I train kind of two on rest days uh, or no. So now when I take consecutive rest days, it's because I'm, I'm in dire need. Yeah. Um, I'm in a lot of need of that rest. It's usually when the training has been going really well, the weights have been flying up. It's not this right now. Sure. All the weights on every lifts are flying up. So you're within a couple weeks, I'll probably need a few rest days straight, that I won't go to the gym, but auto-regulate your rest, um, auto-regulate your, your, your own self-assessment and biofeedback. Pay attention to it. How are you feeling? Are you, is it hard to get out of bed? Is your sleep poor? Motivation low, hunger low. Is, is performance um, not where it should be? pull back, uh, deload and understand when I say deload, um, I don't actually deload the waste. I deload my training altogether. I just take time off, uh, multiple days off, but take a rest, say that you, you, if you are truly trained to failure, it is not possible to train four straight days. It's not possible to go there. So you at least need one every three days. Um, but self-assess and understand your body kind of get in tune with your
0: body. Nice. Before I say this name, I want to apologize to anybody I have <laughs> ever botched their name. And for future reference, if uh, I botched your name, I apologize. <laughs> this one's from Ashley Corcoran Fit. Oh, Ashley Corcoran. Yeah, she's on the yeah. That's how you say that? Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I've seen mock peak weeks yeah. during this time. Yeah. What's your opinion on that? Yeah. I mean, if someone's like lean enough to do that,
1: then, you know, that's, that's great data uh, to pull from. And utilize, you know, mock peaks are that's a great tool to use. Um, my issue is is I think I've seen a lot of people kind of pushing their clients a little bit further than they commonly would because they feel like they don't have any marketing tools right now Um, to utilize. Yeah, sure. And I think people are utilizing their clients who were in prep and were getting in decent shape to continue push them, push them, push them and utilize them for marketing. Yeah. Um I won't name any names, but there's definitely some people I've seen. Too sure, sure. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's a little bit frustrating to watch, but if a client was, you know, healthy and could keep pushing and, you know, could keep, uh, you know, holding up there into the bargain, during this time, then I think that's fine. Uh, But if you, you know, if you push someone with no show insight to an unhealthy place, yeah, I'm judging you pretty hard on that. When's an appropriate time to initiate
0: a mock peak week?
1: Yeah. When someone's ready,
0: when someone's really close to being like the point of doing a mock
1: peak. Yeah. Because um, so let's say for instance, you have a client who, you know, they get flat very fast or they get full very easily, or you just have a client who's way ahead of schedule. You're, are you just trying so, to understand their body? Yeah. We're just trying to play around. Yeah. We're just trying to play around with things. So you because, know what to do. Yeah. With this one, there's no pressure. Yeah, And so, you know, you can maybe be a little bit more aggressive than you want to, but how I usually do it is I'll set someone up and I'll just run what I think their peak week would be like based off of our, all of our time working together, all the data I've compiled already. Yeah. I'll run them through that peak week mm-hmm. um, and I'll just see what the final result looks like. And then we're able to pull from that and see where we could have been better. Could we have been fuller? Could we push a little bit harder there? Should we have trained the morning of the show Should, or the morning of the of the final day of the peak? Um, all of those things kind of taken into consideration.
0: I'm assuming it tells you a lot about their mental, too.
1: A lot. Yeah, definitely a lot about their mental.
0: All right. Next one. Corcoran. Corcoran. <laughs> <laughs> from K Trout. Yeah. Why do low bar squats not fit some people be. Why do low bar squats not fit some people and cause back pain, but high bar, high bar squats don't.
1: Yeah. High bar squats definitely fit the vast majority, far, far, far greater. I mean, we start seeing low bar squats turn into good mornings and you're essentially um, like you're, you're so far behind the weight that it, I mean, that, that puts a lot of shearing and tension on your, you know, down your spine. I used to be a low bar squatter mm-hmm. and actually like pretty recently I came around to thinking no one should low bar squat anymore. Unless really? you're doing it for powerlifting. I just don't think people should low bar squat. I can't do it. It's putting your, your body in such a poor position. I mean, dude, it feels your terrible. Your hips are like three fucking feet behind your, your, your hip extending with a low bar squat where you're already in an extension, like, mm-hmm. man, you're placing a lot of tension in places. We don't want tension on your spine on your lumbar. Mm-hmm. And you know. now it's like, we the, the squats become a movement that's supposed to be centered, centered around your, your legs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And now it's like your back too. Well, when your back has to activate it's to, it's to protect or prevent itself from something happening. Mm-hmm. Your spine has this massive amount of load on it and you're putting it in this terrible position where the hips are completely extended, because that's how most people... That's the only way most people can low-bar squat. And, dude, it's horrible for you. Like, you rack the bar, and you can't even fucking stand up because your back hurts so bad. Damn. That's not a good place to be. So, um, you know, if low-bar squats just fit you really fucking well, and you don't have any problem with, you know, keep doing them, keep cranking. I do think high-bar squats are superior. High-bar squats are also much harder. Um, so, it's, it's, it's not just... For the question, it's like it's not really that low bar squats um, are good for some people, bad for others. It's just um, commonly an anatomical profile will match a high bar squat much better than a low bar. But if your goal is powerlifting and you're on game day, you just have to get one rep. If you're able to move more load for that one rep in a low bar setting, obviously, that's what you're going to do. Yeah. Uh, But high bar is definitely much more conducive.
0: Last question from Kayla Kulisek. How many shows per season is worthwhile for the average competitor for each division?
1: Yeah, you know, the first variable here is staying healthy. So it's not like there's a set number here. Like mm-hmm. I can't just say, well, you know, a bikini girl should do five shows, the bodybuilder should do two. Yeah. How long are you healthy for? And how long are you winning? How long are you improving? If you're winning and you're healthy, keep going. Mm-hmm. I believe that you should go until someone knocks you off. Okay. If you're winning and you're getting a little bit unhealthy and things, you know, just kind of start resisting you, it's done. Mm-hmm pull out it's over if you're losing and you're not improving you're also done like if you're losing because you're too small don't see, don't keep fucking competing yeah like take time away from the stage that a lot of people just have this insane emotional attachment to the stage take time away fix your weaknesses and and you know let's attack uh next year mm-hmm. um so it all depends on you know number one your health how are you holding up how are you doing but number two, um, it depends on the success. Mm-hmm. If you've won three straight overalls, go fucking do nationals. You know, like if 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 there's someone you're battling it out with constantly, you guys are going one, two, one, two, one, two with these shows. Keep fucking battling, dude. Mm-hmm. Like win that fucking scorecard, as long as you're healthy. Um, so it's, it's mostly to do with health. But if you're riding a fucking wave of W's, keep fucking riding it you know as long as you can right right out that wave of w's um and keep fucking going as long as you're progressing but i see a lot of people stay in show uh like in competition season when like you're getting 5th place and 7th place and 4th place mm-hmm. like like you're not improving here yeah it's not one two battle it's yeah it's like yeah. you, like you probably we're, reassess we're far out yeah yeah we, what, we have a lot of work to do
0: based on your experience would you say now this might go against what you just said a little bit is there a kind of an average of comp- of shows you should compete yeah, in or like I a generalized say, person could compete in
1: with most of my clients. I talk about let's plan on two shows. Got it. There's this show and there's another show close by. Um, but, you know, there's enough time in between to make huge improvements. Like,
0: olympia competitors yeah are only doing the olympia
1: um yes no? olympia winners are only doing the olympia got but it. everyone else is competing kind of all year got it uh, it's also their job yeah i um, mean you know, sure. a lot of them a lot of them kind of you know make their living that way mm-hmm. um and it's not like you can make this huge living compete unless you, you honestly even if you're just winning the olympia you're not making this massive living yeah um so it's it you know it At that stage is a little bit different, um, because you're competing all year to qualify for that Olympia, you have to qualify on points and you compile points through competing, through placing, through winning, all that stuff. Um, and, and so, you know, it's like, that's the end of the year celebration. But Also, you know, those people have been doing it so long that everything's kind of auto regulated Mm. as well. And, you know, it's, it's not that they're not suffering because everyone suffers to an extent to get on stage, but like they're, you know, they're, yeah, they're mentally prepared and equipped to be able to just kind of keep pushing. Yeah, you know, it's almost like it turned
0: into. Robots. So, from an average perspective, you say about two.
1: Yeah, I would say for most of my clients, I plan on two. I don't want to get you in fucking shape and we only do one. Yeah. Okay. Like, like let's let's get in shape. Let's do a couple. Let's win a couple shows and then let's assess. At that point, after you win a couple shows, you either ready for a pro qualifier or you're not ready for a pro qualifier. If you're ready for a pro pro qualifier we go to the pro qualifier if you're not ready for it then we back off we got some dubs into improvement season next year maybe we'll be ready yeah um that's kind of how i handle it there gotcha so that's it That's all the questions that's fuck, all questions. yeah episode 31 one episode closer to a hundred million dollar deal <laughs> <laughs> 100 episodes 100 million dollars let's see it happened that, honestly that's a if great that per happened, episode rate wow yeah that'd yeah. be crazy that yeah i mean fuck we got a lot of time we got 69 <laughs> episodes so you got six times a great number for first too. of the year that's an elite number. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Episode 31. Thank you guys so much. We will see y'all again Monday.